Well, I know we're a little tardy. We appreciate everybody for uh, bearing with us, but I didn't leave the baseball field till 2.15 a.m. last night. It was a long one, but uh, certainly worth it as the Gators advance to the round of the basically Sweet 16, as many of you will know it. It's called Super Regionals, and that uh, is one next step towards trying to get to Omaha, and we'll see if the Gator baseball team can do that. We'll talk a little bit about that here on Chomp Chat, but of course we're going to talk some football because a surprise commit Made their way to uh, the University of Florida, and that is a good thing. Jeff Cardozo, Zach Albaverde here with you. It is Chomp Chat, the Florida podcast presented by SECCountry.com. Well, if you listened to Chomp Chat on Monday, you heard us talk about the guys that came to Gainesville. There were five of them. There was a couple of studs. And, Zach, if I remember correctly, you talked about Jalen Humphreys, and you didn't think that he was going to make a decision for a long time, but apparently... Dan Mullen wowed him when he uh, he came here and uh, a lot of smiles and said, dude, I'm 110% towards being a Gator. Yeah, definitely. This this wasn't a surprise commit for the Florida coaches and, and those who've been recruiting him, but definitely for anyone that had followed his recruitment and had talked to him, this definitely, uh, I think, caught the recruiting world by surprise when uh, it was announced on Tuesday morning that he was officially committed to Florida and shutting down his recruitment. And the reason why it was a surprise is not that the Gators were able to win him over, uh, you know, build a good relationship with him and show the need at defensive tackle, but just the options and where he had been at at this point in the process. I mean, just last month he came out with a top 10 that included schools like Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, LSU. I mean, he had several SEC schools after him. And, you know, he was just scheduled to be at LSU this weekend for his second official visit. Florida was his uh, first one this past weekend. So he didn't look like a guy that was ready to make a decision. Right, Jeff? And Mm -hmm. I always have talked about on the podcast before is, you know, when the Gators get a big time commit, a top, you know, 100, top two, 300 guy on campus and they don't pop. Well, don't get upset if you know you follow their recruitment and, and they weren't anywhere near a decision. Um, that's just the way that it plays out. For Florida, however, they were able to throw a wrench into his recruitment. Uh, you know, cancel all those other plans that he had to maybe vi- visit those other schools because he says today I'm officially shutting down. The University of Florida is where I want to be. And it, and it's crazy because you know, obviously you think kids have the mentality, man, I'm going to LSU next weekend. I've got Alabama. I've got Auburn. I've got Georgia. I've got all these big schools Miami, looking at from me. from Georgia, too. So, yeah. I mean, so, I'd want to go to South Florida, right? Yeah, heck yeah, just to, to check it out. So, I think you got to give him a lot of credit for being able to do that. And, and I guess it does say a lot. And, you know, I've never been in a meeting like that for, for football, of course. And, you know, when I had the opportunity to commit to, to play at the University of Florida as a baseball player, I, I was pretty excited. But it was it wasn't like that. It wasn't like all right, you got pressure. Are you going to commit at this time? And we see kids having to deal with that and go through that. But I guess just sitting in the office, he really liked what he saw. And I think you have to give Dan Mullen a lot of credit and the rest of this coaching staff for being able to shut the rest of those down like you were talking about and have him say, okay, yeah, this is it. This is the place when he still had a lot of other options out there. Yeah, I mean, remember we said, Jeff, that these the spring visits that they had would be a catalyst for commitments in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys that came and saw practice, that saw the spring game, that even came for the inaugural Great Gator Grill Out, they all got to see this staff for the first time or second time, uh, really get to know them. And, and again, they were, they've been playing catch-up this whole year for the 2019 cycle. So 
But when you hear a guy like Humphreys talk about his decision and how things played out, he says, hey, you know, when I came to Florida back in the spring and, and got around that staff and saw what the team and culture was like, he kind of knew then that he wanted to come to Florida. But this guy, like many top 300 prospects, still wanted to go through the process, still wanted to check out his other options. So for you know many of the fans that were kind of worried about the Gators not getting any commitments or are they not making moves, well, this is another example that they were. I mean, you look at the last three commits that they've gotten. They've all been ESPN 300 players, uh, quality prospects that had big-time schools after them. It just takes them to get to that point where they realize, hey, Florida's where I want to be. He said he kind of knew that after that first trip, and then he comes this past weekend for an official visit, and that just all but confirmed it, you know. And he said, told Chad Simmons from Owls.com that he kind of knew going into this official visit that Florida was where he was going to be. And like you said, Jeff, the fact that he, you know, they could put a halt to all those other trips that he had coming up shows the appeal that Florida and this coaching staff is starting to have on recruits. Well, so you look at what Florida has now for 2019, up to uh, to nine commitments, and you know, that class is building. And, and I know you told everybody to be patient and this is certainly an encouraging sign for everybody that's freaking out that nobody was committing during those old visits you had to set the foundation you had to basically say okay here's what we're all about you have to have them now leave campus go start thinking about that see other places and then realize wow that was pretty nice at florida especially when you come back for an official visit and it confirms it right Mm -hmm. um and and this is a huge commitment, not just because of the timing, not just because of what he does for the class, you know, moving them up the rankings. They beat out some of their SEC competition for him, but his position, you know, defensive tackle, that's a premium spot. And especially for the Gators, when you consider the fact that they didn't sign a defensive tackle in the last class, weren't able to get one on board. They have some guys leaving this year. Uh, so th- this was a really important uh, get for the Gators because they, they had to sign a quality defensive tackle in this class, and Humphrey certainly fits that bill. Yeah, he certainly does. Well, some other news out there that, that came out earlier today. I know there aren't many people that really see behind the scenes and all the interworkings of the athletic department and all the things that go on. And obviously the, the big name out there is the athletics director, and, and that is Scott Strickland and everything that he oversees. Well, Mike Hill was uh, in a position where he basically oversaw the communications, the marketing, the the Gator Vision departments, the ticketing departments, and Mike Hill was at the University of Florida for a really long time. He left to take the athletic director's job at Charlotte. So when that happened, the Gators had to, to fill a void, and it finally was announced that uh, earlier today – Scott Strickland is bringing in Jay Jacobs, the former Auburn athletic director. He was uh, 13 years in that position there, so he will replace Mike Hill, and he'll have those same sort of responsibilities that, that Mike Hill had. But I mean, you're talking about a guy that's been in the uh, the SEC for a really long time, was at Auburn for about 30 years in that athletic department. So I'm sure he saw a lot there and obviously did enough to, uh, to wow Scott Strickland and say, hey, we want you a part of this staff as well. Yeah, absolutely. This is a a big-time hire for Florida when you consider his experience – um, not just as an AD, but in the SEC and, and what Scott Strickland and his staff are trying to build and, and how they're really trying to transform Florida. This is a guy uh, that knows the landscape, know what it it's takes to be successful in the SEC because Auburn's 
always had uh, you know top-notch facilities and kind of been up there with among the best in the SEC. I think you remember Will Muschamp taking a shot at Florida after he left and, and, and mentioning being at Auburn as a D.C. And, and what their facilities were like. Well, Jay Jacobs had a lot to do with that. And, and just being in this conference not just helps with that, but just everything, all the ins and outs, uh, all the stuff with the conference and, and, and football. Uh, it's a great hire by Strickland, and, and it's going to help him in other avenues such as baseball. And for those that, that may not know, Jacobs is actually a Florida native. He attended high school in Jacksonville before uh, going to Auburn as a walk-on offensive lineman and then obviously stayed there and did a lot of really good things well you mentioned baseball and if maybe jay jacobs the first thing he can do is build a uh, retractable roof <laughs> over the baseball field because yet again there were rather weather delays and listen florida's not the only place that it happened but stetson got their regional in down into land florida state got their regional in and, and w- without as many delays as what we saw here in gainesville and it was just difficult. I mean, sometimes you're waiting for rain to happen. You're waiting for storms to happen. All these little pop-up things, and it's uh, it's tough. It's tough on the players. It's tough on the fans. It's tough on the coaches trying to figure out pitching and do everything that they had to do. But Florida inevitably uh, pulls it off, Zach. And even though it was a late night, certainly worth it because now the, the number one team in the country, the number one overall seed, is advancing along with five other SEC teams, and the Gators are going to now have to face an SEC team. Oh, yeah, it's Auburn, who we were just talking about. So that's going to be interesting. So you will have three SEC teams guaranteed to go to the College World Series because there are six left, and those six are playing each other. Very weird how all that worked out, but inevitably the the Gators get it done last night. Yeah, and it's crazy, Jeff. We talked so much about the, the regional series and everything that went on this past weekend. And then last night, and it's almost like we haven't even talked about the baseball mm-hmm. aspect of it because the weather and the lightning and everything has been such a distraction. Uh, how do you feel like Florida played last night despite everything and just overall for the weekend given all the weather issues? Yeah, I think they just played okay. I think I think there's still a little concern that if Florida plays the way that they did this past weekend that they may not get by Auburn. And, you know, again, we'll, we'll talk in, in here in just a couple of minutes about the Major League Draft and – Having to go through that while games are still going on, still one of the most asinine things that I can even imagine. <laughs> but I, I think Florida needs to play better. But they did hit the long ball a lot. They hit 10 home runs in the four games in this regional. And a really cool story is Jonah Duran. For those that don't know the story or don't really care much about baseball, this is, listen to this because it's pretty unique. We're talking about a guy that went to junior college and then wasn't playing all that much out of high school. So he said, you know what? I'm going to leave. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to work retail for next year. I'm going to try to get bigger. I'm going to try to get stronger. I'm going to try to prove that I can be a a better ball player, and then I'm going to go to a junior college back where I'm from, which is down in the Orlando area, and he did that. So he took an entire year off after a first year, and then he's like the dude's like sitting there working like a real job, like anybody us of us would have to do. So he got back into the sport. He ended up calling Kevin O'Sullivan and saying, listen, I'm coming to Florida. I would like to at least get an, an opportunity if I can. And Sully didn't guarantee him anything. He said, I got a spot for a bullpen catcher if you want to come be a part of this team. But, you know, we got this guy, we got this guy, we got this guy, and they're playing unless you can somehow show me that you deserve to be playing. And all year he didn't play because, of course, J.J. Schwartz was there, and yep. J.J. ends up uh, breaking that little bone in his hand in, in the Mississippi State Series. So now you've got this bullpen catcher, and then you got a freshman catcher. Well, the freshman catcher got the first opportunity, and he didn't necessarily do the, the best with uh, what he had. So 
They throw him out there for one game in the SEC tournament. He didn't really hit all that well. He did get a double, though, and then he caught really good. And Kevin O'Sullivan was impressed, so he said, all right, I'm going to start him in the regional. And guess what? Four games later, the dude's the MVP How about that? of the Gainesville Regional. So uh, a really unique story there. And I guess it just shows you don't give up. It's like the, uh, the old uh, speech, don't give up. Don't ever give up that you hear uh, each and every year on ESPN. Well, and obviously you have to be happy with an effort and perseverance like that, but you did say Sully was not kind of happy with the team's overall effort and just what they showed last night. Yeah, and it's it's tough. Listen, there was four national seeds that didn't make it, and there were two that were in the same situation that the Gators had. The Gators, of course, won the first two games, so the, the team that was now having to win would have had to beat you twice. And Florida Atlantic did win that first game, and then they would have had to beat the Florida Gators again. But, of course, Florida won. But you look at what happened in Athens, Georgia, same thing. Duke ended up beating them twice. So Georgia's season is over. And then the number four overall national seed, Ole Miss, they got beat twice by a school that nobody's ever even heard of. So – it shows you that just the, this time of year, the parity in college baseball is, is a lot. There's some really good teams out there, some really good offenses that go out and do some good things. And, yeah. and if you don't play well, then you're going to get beat. Now, Auburn did play really well. They were the two seed in the NC State Regional, so that's what allows them to now come to Gainesville. And you know, I think if you look at it right now, Auburn's playing way better than Florida is, but you now have another week to sit back and try to recover and try to figure things out and try to get better and you know, go win two out of three. That's all you got left. Win two out of three, and you're going to Omaha for the fourth straight year. And I know we've talked before, Jeff, about if, if Florida doesn't play well, let's say it's it's on the road in an environment where it's, you know, a lame crowd, there's not a lot of fans there, or they're playing against a team that's not much of a challenge, and, and they have a poor performance and they lose. And we've talked about before how you can find reasons to point to is maybe they why they showed up, but that's not an excuse to go out there and play that way. You should show up. Uh, with your game, with your A game every time. Having said that, and you know this because you experience, how does it affect a, a player's psyche and just their chemistry as a team when you have all these weather issues? And did that contribute to some of that lack of effort that Sully was upset with? Yeah, I think it, it could be part of it. I mean, Florida expected to play two nights ago, and the NCAA completely botched that situation and talked about yeah. it on Monday's podcast and how they try to control things. And you know, Florida's sitting there dressed and ready to go. And they're warming up on the field, and then they make the decision, okay, we're not going to play this late. And then it puts you at a disadvantage, gives the other team the advantage. So now FAU can save some pitching. They can bring guys back on the next day when you're basically like screwing the, the home team. And and let's not even go, go to this. In the first three games that Florida played in their own home ballpark, they were the visiting team twice <laughs> because of coin tosses, and they lost coin tosses. I mean, it's the dumbest thing. How are you not the, the home team – when you deserve the right to be hosting, yeah, yeah you got the games original. original. So that's again another asinine thing, and it's just it's completely ridiculous. And then let's also talk about the the major league draft sack because last night as the game was going on, the major league draft <laughs> was also going on. Yeah, Jonathan India is playing third base, and he's walking back into the dugout, and a fan yells to him, "Hey, Jonathan, you just got drafted fifth overall," and that's how he finds out. And now, I mean, what is he now trying to think about? Like, oh my gosh, the I just millions made of dollars five million I just made? dollars. Yeah, yeah. My gosh. Or I'm going to try to play third base to try to extend my team. Because let me tell you what, regional. Someone makes me gives me five million dollars. The last thing I'm thinking about is going out and doing that. Sure. Right. I want to celebrate and go crazy and 
and rejoice in that moment. And obviously he can't do that. He's got to stay locked in and focused. So that's a great story, Jeff, because that really highlights how much of a distraction it really can be for players. Well, and Jackson Coars pitching the game in, in the, in the first game. And he's about to get drafted, and he didn't have the greatest of games. He's the one that lost the, that first game of the day to, to FAU, and then the Gators had to come back and, and play well the, the night after or after that. So, I don't know. To me, there, there's a lot of people out there that feel that this is wrong, and I hope that college baseball can change. And it just shows you that professional baseball gives two craps about what's going on with the NCAA and what's going on with these players because all they care about. Like, how hard is it to have, mean, have that draft today when all those all those all all the regionals are that, over? Or or three weeks. What? Let's just wait till the season's over even. Well, well, I mean, how much of a three weeks of a difference? Really, though, Jeff, in the, in the grand yeah. scheme of their career and their development, we're talking about a summer month in June. How much does three weeks really make a difference? Now, I'm with you on the timing. They could still have it during this this tournament, even just not have it when the games are going on. But I just don't see why I can't even wait until the season's over. It does in every other sport. Well, and again, that's what's controlled by Major League Baseball because they have what is called short season teams, and those guys play throughout the summer. Yeah, well, so that's BS. To gain revenue, they want to draft these players, get them on teams, and then start playing these games. So yeah, if you, if and, you and, back it up three weeks, then they have to – miss part of their seasons they're losing revenue and they're doing all these things so that's where you, you sort of get screwed and it's just not fair for college baseball players so that's my rant but uh, congratulations to all three of those guys and the Gators also had three guys that were signees that ended up getting drafted from high school that probably would have come to the University of Florida but now that they've got drafted so high I'm not sure if they ever show up on campus and Zach if you actually add up all the slotted bonus money for those six guys, the three on the team and the three that would have been on the team, $20 million mm. is what uh, Kevin O'Sullivan has uh, generated for these guys. So pretty special what uh, Sully has been able to do, and we'll see if they can have a special Super Regional. Game times are noon on Saturday and Sunday, so it might be a little hot and toasty out there at McKeithen Stadium, but the least the Gators are still playing. All right, we'll play tomorrow. We'll have some more uh, chomp chat for you. For Zach Albaverde, I am Jeff Cardozo. This is the Florida Podcast presented by SECCountry.com.